This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. It is week 13. We can't skip this floor, baby. Week 13. The Baker's dozen. It's getting there. It's getting there. Play- it, we're two weeks until the playoffs in traditional leagues. This is it. People are fighting for playoff spots. I'm fighting for some playoff spots myself. We're helping you. That's what we're trying to do. And we're doing it Brodo style with my brother here. Of course. Of course, I'm Tim. What's up? I'm here with Mike. What's good, Michael? You. And, of course, Mr. Matt Ward, the Dynasty Don. What's good, brother? It's always good. Always good to be here with you fellas. Brother from another mother. It's the first. As they say. The facts. first week, that's a, a teen. Ah. We officially reached the teens. That's when that's when fantasy football gets super serious. Once you reach the teens, yeah, that's when the hormones start going crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, you make our hormones go crazy when you give us the love at <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Bro Fantasy. I'm not gonna lie, we got our Spotify numbers th- this this year. They looked nice. They were in a nice Christmas present, man. I'm not gonna. Oh baby, like, made me feel some good. I shared it with my mama. Yeah, man. Like, uh, just so you guys know, like we are in the ninety. 90- fourth percent so the top six percent of creators in terms of content which doesn't even count the patron pod because that doesn't go on or the app or and, the ar- and the articles we produce well, yeah, podcast yeah. wise of course yeah uh, uh this is just podcast wise that doesn't count the the extra episode which you can get at patreon.com slash broader fantasy by the way uh the top 20 percent in the world and most shared podcasts direct direct to consumer and uh the top 15 percent in the world in most followed podcasts on Spotify. And I just want to say thank you to everyone for doing that. That was very nice. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm very touched by the fact that uh, as we continue to work and as we continue to grow uh, our presence and uh, our ability to, you know, spread our, spread our love and spread what we like to do uh, all and, you know, spread wins. The most thing we like to do the most win. Uh, you allow us to do that by listening. So thank you so much uh, for making us, a uh, part of your day, wherever you may be, and part of your week. Yeah, we come part at of you week. multiple times. That's right. Part of your life. Top part of your life. Top six percent amount of times. <laughs> so uh, that's. I think that's the number I'm most proud of. Because you know we're all like, uh, you know, we're all we're a team full of beasts here, guys. Uh, we're dedicated, and uh, I think uh, the success that we've been having, and not only that, and the success that that you know our patrons have been having, as we as we see in the patron Discord, and the uh success that i hope you've been having 
uh, is because we put in that work and let's continue to put in that work. All right. Uh, if you want to, if you want to support that work, patreon.com slash Brodo fantasy to get so much extras. But without further ado, cause you know, I, I get a little shy when we're, when we're like patting ourselves on the back or whatever, but I feel like that one was one where we should, we should call it out and not for well nothing. Deserved. Yeah. Not for nothing. Also like the, the app. Yeah. App doing pretty well too. Let's put that out there. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Pretty, All right, pretty, pretty All right good. let's uh, let's get into this news. Um, so uh, let's start with some running back injury news. What's what's new? Uh, Josh Jacobs uh, limited for Thursday practice, but I mean this one is he's on track to play, and there's not much to worry about here. Not worried. Yeah, Christian yeah, McCaffrey. I, I just want to no, say yeah. they were saying like on Wednesday they were like the Raiders are hopeful Josh Jacobs will play, and I was like he reaggravated apparently the calf injury in the fourth quarter, and then he comes in and breaks off an 86-yard rush, and he got a limited yeah, practice right. in on Wednesday. I'm like, all right, he's playing then. If you get a limited practice in on Wednesday, you might as well just take yourself off the injury report for the game. Let's be yeah. real. You know what? I want to add something, too. Like, Josh Jacobs is just one of the toughest dudes in the nfl i don't know if people know this but like coming out of college he had a separated and torn labrum um didn't get surgery didn't care got drafted anyway played with it the entire first season and then got the surgery in the off season because that dude's just a dog no man that's pretty wild i was it was josh it was crazy <laughs> josh Jacobs was one of my bigger misses and i you know i'm actually happy that i missed that because like eh, yeah it's I'm, panning out now yeah no, no yeah i mean for this season yeah, you know, I just, yes. hey, I'll take the L. If I'm I mean, yeah, take L, def- I'll take L. if you weren't drafting yeah. Josh Jacobs, you were, you were wrong. Let's be real, Josh Jacobs having an amazing season. Yeah, having Agreed. An amazing yes. season. So, like, yeah. so I'm, but I'm happy though because the guy, Josh Jacobs, not the fantasy asset, the guy, the, you know, at, homeless as a child, like didn't. Yeah, just the greatest. Like, yeah, just yeah. like didn't just loved football, just put everything into football. Went to Alabama, like and. He was a part-time running back at Alabama. Ended up getting drafted in the first round. He's Actually, in a contract year. I hope he gets paid. You know what I mean? Like, the guy? I'm glad that I was wrong paid. in fantasy. Yeah. Maybe not from the Raiders, but he will get paid. I went to um, an FSGA, the Fantasy Sports Gaming Association event a few years ago. Um, the year Josh Jacobs was a rookie, and he was, like, the key speaker. Like, Matthew Berry interviewed him. So it was pretty cool hearing Fire. him talk about his story and such. He said that he didn't even, like... Like, when he got to Alabama, he slept on the floor even though he had a bed already because he wasn't used to sleeping on a bed and he had to like get used to it bro you get how can you not root for that guy yeah you know how can you not root yeah. for him to change his whole True. his whole entire like his whole entire lineage's trajectory like he's a he's a he's a lineage changer yeah that's, he's that's, making money now that. yeah <laughs> uh david najoku uh knee did not practice on thursday uh by the way, getting this from Roto World. Ugh. Yeah, not ideal. And Deshaun Watson's return. Njoku's a good yeah, play this he... week if you can if he plays. But Njoku's a good play every week. Yeah. Especially in a terrible tiny landscape. Another disappointment this year has been Debo Samuel. Uh the his quad, he did not practice on Thursday. These soft tissue injuries sometimes with Debo, man, it, it, it he's he's such a brick a... house that it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's like his I feel like his muscles are just like at the very edge where like there's so much explosivity attached yeah. to his yeah and I mean I, I'm not trying to be rude at all but healthy or not it's Brandon Ayuk is the most consistent and highest target earning wide receiver in that offense 
Uh, Jamar Chase was limited in Thursday's practice. It looks like he's going to play. We'll be talking about Jamar Chase a little bit later. Traylon Burks did not practice on Thursday. It was an illness. That was an illness, though. Yeah. Uh, so, illness, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about it unless it's unless it's the little C, you know. Uh, Devonta Smith. What? COVID. Oh. Yeah. I immediately thought you were talking about chlamydia, and I was back. Chlamydia. <laughs> you're actually, who calls COVID the little C? I, I heard that on a podcast. Yep, apparently. Matt, did you know that's what he meant? Yes, immediately uh, I knew that's what he meant. But I, mean, I certainly – I feel like you could – I've I, never heard somebody call it that. What are you guys going to do if it comes out tomorrow that he has chlamydia? I mean, I don't think that you can miss a game on chlamydia, but I don't know. I'm sure. I don't know what – I don't really know what the effects yeah, of chlamydia yeah. is. I was going to say, is chlamydia, like, like, really bad for you? If so, Chad Johnson <laughs> I, I don't want him to be, like... In his NFL career. Yeah, I don't want him to be, like, actually... I'm going to I'm gonna Google chlamydia <laughs> later and be really, really disappointed that I did. All right, uh, Devontae Smith. Oh, uh, groin was limited in Thursday's practice. Ooh, groin. Oh, we're going to... That's not good. No, I was thinking chlamydia, groin area. Oh, no, but that's not good. Groin is never good. I mean, anything in the leg is all right. really good, but... Uh, Aaron Rodgers said in his appearance on the Pat McAfee show that he thought that he would play and that he was likely to sit out Wednesday. Uh, it looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to play in this game. Uh, he didn't puncture his rib. Uh, I'm going to talk more about Aaron Rodgers later as well, so let me <coughs> hold my tongue on this one. Uh, Jawan Johnson, uh, his ankle, he did not practice. He went from tight end one to zero points. Donut. Because he didn't catch a touchdown. He's touchdown dependent, but uh, probably still, you know, if he Plus plays. the probably. Saints offense in that game was just abysmal. Najee, I mean, they didn't score a single point. Yeah. Kamara, Kamara had like 17 yards of total offense. Yeah. like Don't get me started because one of the things of, of mine and Michael's matchup last week was my his kicker outscored my kicker by 14 because my kicker was Will Lutz. Mine was Harrison Bucker. Uh, Travis Etienne was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, let's see what they say here. The biggest ETN news of the day was that Jags OC Press Taylor telling reporters that ETN insists he's playing. You can't really listen to the players though on this. The practice participation. Yeah, but he, he was already cleared. Yeah, he's gonna play. Uh, Justin Fields practicing full on Thursday. Uh, the Peterman clock has been reset a few minutes. Uh, what? This isn't necessary. A guarantee that Fields play. Oh, then this doesn't matter. Uh, basically, all that he practiced in Justin full. Field. Justin Fields. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah. I assume he's already off. He's the, the, the queue is removed. Are you, are you playing him just as if yep. nothing ever happened? I mean, if he's practicing fully and starting, he could have played through it last week against the Jets and didn't. So I doubt the Bears would be rushing him back if he wasn't actually ready to go. Uh, Jerry Judy did not practice on Thursday. Uh, considered day-to-day with an ankle injury ever since week 10. A.K.A. out in week 13. Yep. Uh, Mike Williams, there was little hope that he was going to play, but he did not practice on Thursday. He's, he was working on the side with trainers. Uh, you know, re-aggravated the high ankle sprain uh, two weeks ago now. That wasn't last week. That was two weeks ago. And uh, No, it was last week. Was it? No, nope. oh, no, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, it was, was in, uh, it oh, was yeah, in right. it was Allen and Will- right. Williams yeah. made their debut back together, and on his first play, first route, first yeah. target of the game, right. he first went up catch. Mike Williams style, <laughs> and yeah, exactly, Mike Williams style on an incredible contested catch and reaggravated the high ankle sprain. Unfortunate. Uh, Darius Slayton did not practice on Thursday due to an illness. Uh, also, going to be talking about Darius Slayton uh, coming up. Uh, Lamar Jackson practiced on Thursday. 
Lamar has not been the guy that you drafted him to be. He's been one of the major disappointments at quarterback this nah. year. After week three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael Carter did not practice on Thursday. It looks like if you spent some fab. Oh, it's Zonovan Knight. Yeah, on Zonovan Knight. Uh, boom Knight. Bam. Bam. Might, that might come to fruition. Uh, Kadarius Tony did not practice on Thursday. You know, uh, Antonio Gibson did not practice on Thursday. I think this is a, a big one because Brian Robinson then shoots up significantly in the rankings. I mean, it's still yeah. Brian Robinson, but without J.D. McKissick. Game, without J.D. McKissick, yeah, because then he'd probably be more involved in the passing game. game as well. He did. He did. Uh, Michael Gallup did not practice on Thursday. Um, oof. Noel Brown? Anyone? Nope. No. <laughs> oh, Brown. Uh, Russell Gage did not uh, practice on Thursday, so maybe Russell Gage getting put back into that Bucks, uh system. Leonard Fournette practiced on Thursday. Ah, come on, full practice on Thursday. Get out of here. Uh, no one likes you. Won't matter. No one wants you here. We're Rashad White fans around these parts. What the hell, man? That's disappointing. Uh, Tredavious White, uh, the Bills are restructuring his contract. Matt Stafford is not going to play. And that is the end of the news. How do you think, Michael? How did I do? Decent. Not bad. All right, let's get into our first category. It is the tear up, tear up category. Uh, that is when we tell you a player that we think is going to jump a tear up. And from their usual, you know, their usual just like if they're a wide receiver two, they'll be a wide receiver one. If they're RB3, they'll be an RB2. Or maybe even RB1 if you're getting crazy. So, Woo. Matt, I want to be yeah, soothed by a Canadian voice right now. A soothing Canadian man's voice. Soothe me, Matt. I think I can pull that off. Oh, Especially that was, oh yeah, that's what I was talking about. Of tear uh, <laughs> breaker up. My first tear breaker up this week is Zay Jones. The Jacksonville Jaguars are headed to play the Detroit Lions. A Detroit Lions squad that may be without Jeff Okuda as he's still working through concussion protocol. And you can't ignore Zay Jones any longer, man. He's had some good production throughout the beginning of the season, but over the last two games, 10 or more targets in back-to-back games, averaging 21.1 points in those two games. He's coming off a 14-target, 11-catch, career-high 145-yard performance against the Ravens, uh, 27.5 PPR points in that career-high game. And he also season long is pulling a pretty impressive 22.7 percent target share that's wide receiver 24 and he has a true target value of wide receiver 18 and again uh, now he gets the lions who combined to average 31.2 points per game to opposing wideouts that's 11th in true matchup matchup rank matchup rank <laughs> in true matchup rank um yeah lions are averaging just 7.2 percent points over average but Zay has been putting up over 20 points per game. So any perceived increase right now um, in his little hot streak is pretty positive. And also ranked in wide receiver three territory. I certainly think he's top 25 this week. Um, And a big part of that is obviously the matchup in and of itself just screams shootout on both sides. It's two offenses that are playing at their highest performance as of late. They're both clicking. They're both hot. And the defenses are not doing that. They're conceding a lot of points on both sides and a lot of yards on both sides, specifically to passing production. So I expect a good back and forth here um, for both teams, for the Jags and the Lions, potentially going over that suggested 50 points. And yeah, I mean, Zay Jones is I, I still think Christian Kirk is the lead guy and and he's going to work ahead of Zay in this game. It's not going to be a repeat of what we saw last week, but 
15 points certainly isn't out of the question and, and his ranking right now does not reflect his ceiling. I like it. Uh, Zay Jones has been a brutal guy uh, for, for a, a while. If you're a patron, Michael's been saying that name for a long time and now we're saying it again. Zay Jones, pay attention. I think uh, the, you know, it's, it's, He's the number one outside receiver for a quarterback that has vastly improved. And that's someone that, you know, is someone you can bet on making a little bit of a leap, especially when they're getting the work. Uh, Michael, who is your first tier up? My first tier up. Actually, Taiwan Jones just got a 50-yard touchdown. I'm pretty sure that's Taiwan Jones. Who saw that coming? Yeah, by the way, we're watching the uh, the Thursday game. Forgot to mention that. We're watching the Thursday game as we watch that. As we, uh, you know, it's, it's in the background on mute. Don't worry. But we're paying attention. But anywho, my first tier breaker up. <laughs> Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson has not had a single two-game stretch outside the top 24 running backs this season. If he has a mediocre to bad game, he always bounces back um, the week after. And I agree that's not the most trustworthy stat, but I just wanted to throw it in there because it is, I think it's, it's uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, but looking deeper into it for more actionable info, in the first Falcons game without Kyle Pitts last week, Cordero Patterson played 58% of the snaps. He has not reached that snap percentage um, since he returned from his injury. So it's been several weeks since he's seen that many snaps. And he saw a 20% target share, five targets total, which was by far his highest target share of the year. Um, so now he gets a Pittsburgh Steelers defense that's in the middle of the pack against running backs. I think this is going to be a pretty ugly game with two you know, very mediocre quarterbacks and Kenny Pickett and Marcus Mariota. Um, Mariota, and it's going to revolve around the running game and the running backs, and I think uh, Cordero Patterson has a pretty darn good shot to end as a high-end RB2 type player this week, and he's being treated as a flex play. He's outside the top 25 in expert consensus rankings, and I think Patterson has a chance to uh, to bounce back this week. Eh, I don't like that one. I don't like you. <laughs> what the, what, yo, this guy is, this guy doesn't play enough for my liking. He saw five targets last week. Got 11 carries. He should have caught a touchdown at the end of the game. Um, the one that was picked, he was wide open in the front of the end zone, but ended up getting tipped up. If he caught that touchdown, I guarantee you people would be ranking him inside the top 20 running backs. Another guy who is going to be, would have been a lot higher ranked if he made a couple catches that he had a chance to make, but it was not on him. Uh, on his quarterback was the fault, and that was George Pickens. Last week, uh, he's my next tier up, by the way, if, if I didn't make that clear. No, I hate this. Uh, you hate this? Yeah. Why? Because there's no. What? Well, let me let me school you Pittsburgh real quick. Steelers wide receiver. So, uh, because George Pickens, the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, wide receiver, has finished as a top twenty-six wide receiver three of the last four weeks, including two wide receiver one finishes during that time, and he's playing the Atlanta Falcons, who give up thirty-four point six points per game to the to the wide receiver, which is. The best matchup according to True Matchup Ranking, 30.6% points over average. That is the highest discrepancy of any team. And Deontay Johnson is still the main guy on this team. He got 28% of the target share. George Pickens got 24, 21% of the target share. But this is the third straight game where Pickens has uh, at least at least the second um, the, the second most target share and uh, one game with 40% of the target share in this stretch. One game with 16%, not that good, but still uh, decent. And now 21%. He's clearly the number two pass-catching option in this offense. And Deontay Johnson gets the best part of the Falcons defense in A.J. Terrell, probably. So you're leaving the the island for George Pickens. And George Pickens is a beast. 
He's he could catch anything in his in his vicinity, and he made Kenny Pickett's throws better than they were last week. He made he caught some balls that you needed to have a high skill to catch. So as as Kenny Pickett evolves, I mean, I'll bet you he's not a top twenty four wide receiver. I'll bet that to you. Yes, all right. I will take that bet. I love that bet. For who? For either of you. Oh, okay. He just likes, who you want? The idea. Who you, who, if you, I agree. I, I'm with Mike here a little bit. What? Yeah, man. It's, guys, he's playing it's Atlanta, guys. Guys, he's playing uh, Atlanta. Uh, yeah. I, I know I know who he's playing. Yeah, me too. The Atlanta Falcons. Yo, real quick, because I need to fix my error. That was not Taiwan Jones. That was cornerback Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones. Cornerback? Yes. The Patriots cornerback came in, caught a screen, and took it to the house from 50 yards out. CB. Yes. Like six string. That's just what happened. Yeah. Well, Man, that, that that's called no. that's called Bill Belichick not giving a single fuck about your fantasy team. Um. All right. Yeah. Where's Jacoby Myers at? Come on now. Look, Bill Belichick is uh, he's the the goat for a reason. Matt, you're up. Who's your second? Second tier up is it's Devonte Smith, and this might be a little contingency on on if he clears injury reports. But Smith has secured more targets than AJ Brown in three consecutive games, while leading the team with target shares of thirty eight point eight percent on eight targets in Week ten, thirty six percent on nine targets in Week eleven, and thirty two point one percent on another nine targets in Week twelve. Unfortunately, it's not really led to the league winning production that we know he's capable of. He has put up a wide receiver one overall finish this season. Uh, Smith's peripheral metrics, though, they scream positive regression, efficiency per opportunity, and ability to earn an elite target share while coinciding with another supposed alpha target earner. What better place to search for that positive regression than against the Titans defense who allow 34.8 combined points to the wide receiver position. That's third overall in true matchup ranking with a points over average of 20.3%. Titans allow 266.7 passing yards per game. That's second most of any defense this season. You know Philly can put up points and Ryan Tannehill's look pretty good in the passing department as well. So I'm not so worried about the Titans playing from behind as I was earlier this season. And hilariously enough, they're best weapon in Derrick Henry also led the team in receiving last week. Yep. So, you know, the, the Titans can play from behind. So I, a little bit of a shootout, maybe back and forth is the right word. I don't really think the Titans are going to be able to keep pace with the Eagles offense, but it still opens up some, you know, positive progression for Devonte Smith in, in a good game strip script against a really good defense. And because Smith is on the injury report right now. I want to give a little bit of an honorable mention to Damian Pierce as a tier breaker up because his tier right now is essentially wide or running back three tier as he's finished RB 45 and RB 49 in the past two weeks. Um, RB 18, RB 20, RB 13, RB 19 before that. So no RB one finishes in, in a seven week span. I think it's safe to say that he's a tear breaker up this week against the Browns defense who are allowing 131.5 rushing yards per game. 61.1% over the expected average of rushing production to opposing running backs with they, the Browns defense allowed 18.3 points per game just to rushing production on average 18.3 per game is just to, not if he catches no passes if running backs get no targets whatsoever the Browns still allow 18.3 points per game to the position so I feel much better about Damian Pierce breaking that RB2 tier inside of the top 16 running backs this week. I'll even plant my flag there. I'll bet you that he's not inside the top 20. I'll take that bet too. All right. I like it. I'll take it. I've got my RB16. Not like I want I want your side of that bet, Michael. 
Yeah, I get it. I think Damian Pierce is not going to do it. That, that offense is broken. It's it's just like not. They all want to go home. Like you could tell. It's the Browns, bro. See, same thing with it. <laughs> you know what it is, though? Here's the thing. The Texans are probably going to be up for this game because Deshaun. And you got to imagine that the fans are going to boo the shit out of that man. Up. Quick. What? You're giving it away. <laughs> what? Am I giving it away? I'm not really sure what Matt's saying. Uh, we have something coming up. Oh, I'm gonna. Okay, uh, I'm going to. I'm, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna stop talking. Oh uh, yes, all yes. Right. <laughs> Let's go to Michael's one. Michael, stop me from talking. Oh, you want me to start? What? Is this? Yeah. This was not. This is not good. <laughs> this is the top fifteen percent like most shared stuff right here. Come Look, on. This, this one is. Uh, <laughs> this one is gonna be quick. It's Keenan Allen for me. But what are we doing here, people? Fantasy analysts. I feel like they're treating Keenan Allen like a child treats their favorite video game, right? You love it so much that you just play it as long as you can until you get a little tired of it. You need to take a break and you get other games and then you start playing those other games. And then you realize, man, that other game was the best. I just need to get that, that original game back. Let's stop acting like Keenan Allen isn't Keenan Allen. He's back. So play Keenan Allen. We know that in glorious matchups, Keenan Allen should be a wide receiver one. So why is he being ranked outside the top 12 receivers against the Las Vegas Raiders when he played 89% of snaps last week? Preach, brother. That's all that matters to me. Keenan Allen played 89% of snaps. We know he missed several weeks, and he said he is not coming back until he is fully healthy. And then he played 89% of snaps. Mike Williams is supposed to be out. It's Keenan Allen against the Las Vegas Raiders, 10th and true matchup rank. That's, I mean, that's it. Yeah, Keenan I, Allen should be should be ranked as a wide receiver one this week. I agree with you wholeheartedly yeah. on that one. I won't make any bets there because I agree wholeheartedly as well. People are definitely like just forgetting. Um, speaking of forgetting, no one can forget what Christian Watson's been doing lately, and he's gonna do it again. Uh, Christian Watson uh, is my stock up. Look, he's playing against the Bears and the uh, Bears right now. Like, if you don't know what's going on with the Bears, they traded Roquan Smith who is their, clearly their best defender, and not for nothing, the, the Ravens' defense, since Roquan Smith has been added, has been absolutely killing it. That defense is a Bears completely different defense. lost Eddie Jackson as well, which is their only safety valve on deep routes. I think that was I think that was uh, revenge, what Matt just did. Revenge! He, he gave, since I gave something away from him, he had to give a little bit away from me. <laughs> I know yeah. that. Uh, so, uh, yes, like I was saying, Robert Quinn, also traded their best pass rusher, Eddie Jackson, and Jaquan uh, Brisker, who, who who was uh, playing very, very well, a rookie. He's also still out with a concussion. He didn't practice today. That's the entire secondary, their best linebacker, and their best pass rusher. Uh, right now on PFF, they don't have a single player that's graded over a 64.1. To be to give you like a, a an, an idea of what we're talking about, that's, that's about Najee Harris's grade. All right, so that's what we're talking about. Right? <laughs> How rude. Yeah, I mean, obviously Najee Harris has been an inefficient player, so they have they have nothing on defense right now. And I watched them last week very carefully, and I watched Mike White surgically take them apart. Yes, but the surgery was like, you know, the surgeries where the doctor has the the laser, and the laser kind of does everything for the doctor, and he just got to make sure nothing's going wrong. Blaze. Everything one was wide open. They could not cover anyone. I mean, that Elijah Moore touchdown was one of the most, like, like the safety just watched Elijah, Elijah Moore turn left 
and he did not turn left with him. It's just like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? He's wide open. Stop, stop, stop him. He didn't. And that happened all game. Uh, that happened all game. And so I, I expect the same thing to happen. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to talk about Aaron Rodgers later. But Christian Watson, I think, is going to be the main recipient. I told you on Monday that I'm trying to quit Alan Lazard. I'm starting George Pickens over Alan Lazard in our home league, by the way. Do you agree with that? It depends no. on the options. Uh, that Those are the two options. Alan Lazard and Christian Watson? Yeah. No, Alan Lazard and, and Pickens. George Pickens. Oh, oh, I'd play Lazard over Pickens. Oh, see, Michael's just trying to get fuck with my head. That's what he's trying to do. No, I don't. No, he's trying to fuck with no, my head. No, I'm not. I mean, uh, I, just a reminder in case you didn't you didn't know. Uh, Michael mentioned that Christian Watson's been making big plays and that he hasn't been getting that many catches. But in the last three games, Watson is leading the team in target share. When he's did, I, when did I mention that? On Monday. You said he's got four catches, but it's a great four catches. No, I said he's been taken over. I mean, he's been taken over. Is that yeah. what you said? Maybe yeah, I don't I remember correctly. Yeah. But yeah, Michael mentioned he just that wants to start arguments on Monday. <laughs> Either way, it's happening. Uh, he's leading the team in targets percentage, and and I don't see anyone who could stop him in this game. I I anticipate a big player two or three in this game, and I think uh, Christian Watson is uh, easily a start and should be a wide receiver high high end wide receiver two, and maybe even a, in wide receiver one territory this week against a very shitty injured team in the Bears. Uh, all right, Mike. Let's get into our second category. Yeah. It is the tear breaker down. That oh, Stefan Diggs touchdown, singing to me like a baby at bedtime. Tim's playing uh, the worst team in our league, so that touchdown probably just secured the win already. <laughs> even though it's Thursday. Look, I need to play the worst team. I just I just lost one forty five to one sixty five. To right. who? To you, hey. motherfucker. All right, uh, Michael, shut up. Who's your tear breaker down? I have two tear breaker downs today that I am very confident will be correct. But I'm going to get into the first guy now because I wow. both think I think both <laughs> I feel like both of these guys have zero upside at all. Firstly, Cortland Sutton. Look, the Broncos offense is atrocious. Sutton has been a solid floor play since Jerry Judy went down, but there's just no upside here at all. I mean, Russ has eight passing touchdowns on the season. Eight. Honestly, that's an absolute joke. And now they get the Ravens coming off of a off of an embarrassing loss to the Jaguars, while the Broncos are coming off of an, of an embarrassing loss to the Panthers. The Ravens have actually done a decent job of guarding opposing wide receiver ones as the season has progressed. Even last week, Christian Kirk was contained while Zay Jones did most of the work. Um, and I expect the Ravens to tell Kendall Hinton to try to beat them, who led their team in targets last week, which is just absurdly disgusting. I think they're going to come out angry, looking to destroy Russell Wilson and company, and I've Absolutely no interest in starting any single Denver Bronco this week, including Carlin Sutton, who maybe he'll catch four passes for 50 yards, but whatever. You don't need seven half PPR fantasy points in your flex spot. Tell him how you really feel. I'm disgusted by that offense. Like, it's absurd how bad it is, yo. Like, how could Russell Wilson be this bad? How logically can he he be this bad? I mean, I don't, I don't know if he is. isn't. He was atrocious in the second half last year for Seattle, too. Everyone just said it was because of his thumb. Yeah. That's what happened. That's what happened. Uh, you know who else is teared down, just putting this out there? Uh, Yahoo's uh, projection system that keeps putting Jerick McKinnon at, like, 9.8 points. <laughs> this dude has not scored over 8 points all year. Is like, that something why that's Why is happening? he projected 9, 10 points? Yes. 
All right. Yahoo, you're, you're very I, I love your Yahoo. I love your platform, but get your Jerick McKinnon straight. Um, all right, my first my first uh, tear down, Matt, you're gonna like this one is Mike Evans. Uh, also, Michael talked a little bit about Mike Evans in the in the Monday episode. Uh, last, listen to these last games against New Orleans. He's he was wide receiver seven, week one in 2018. Since his wide receiver seven finish in week one of 2018. Wide receiver 34, wide receiver 116, wide receiver 34, wide receiver 64, wide receiver 46, wide receiver 29, wide receiver 92, and last game earlier this season, wide receiver 54. He has been absolutely shut down by the New Orleans Saints, and Marshawn Lattimore, after missing seven weeks, could be back, got into limited practice. The, the beat writers and the, the all the like uh, fan sites and, and blogs about the uh, Saints think he's coming back. Um, we'll see. Keep an eye on the practice reports. But even if he doesn't come back, Mike Evans is not the guy that he was uh, in his last three weeks. Wide receiver 33, wide receiver 39, wide receiver 74 uh, has been missing time, missing timing plays with Tom Brady. Uh, his true target value is 28th in the league. We're not used to seeing that. He's not in the top 10 of any statistical category except big plays. And it's it's kind of telling about who Mike Evans is this year has just been a guy who has been making big plays once in a while. And then it, if he doesn't catch a huge one, he's disappointing. Uh, yeah. Chris Godwin has been the, the guy sucking up all the, the targets as of right now. Uh, by the way, we totally called that, that Chris Godwin. Uh, and you know, I just, right now, Mike Evans, if, it's hard to probably hard to sit Mike Evans, but if you can, Maybe explore that, but I think he's no better than a wide receiver three this week. And in one in one league, I have Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, Devontae Smith, Zay Jones, and Garrett Wilson for four spots in PPR. And I'm honestly highly considering sitting Mike Evans if Marshawn Lattimore plays. Uh, it's a yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't call you crazy. I wouldn't call you crazy at all. Uh, Matt, who's your first stock down? I mean, uh, tear first down. Stock. Tear down. Uh, stock up, <laughs> but tear down. Uh, um, Miles Sanders, and by no means is Miles a player you should put on your benches this week. Uh, but, but I believe expecting a repeat performance or even an RB one outing for that matter is a little foolhardy when it comes to Miles Sanders this week. We talked about Sanders a bit on the stock up segment on the recap pod on Monday earlier this week um, when I was talking about his dynasty value, giving that perspective. He was coming off a thirty-one point. PPR showing against the Packers uh, in week 12 rushed 21 times for a season high 143 two touchdowns could have had a little more with Kenneth Gainwell in there but now he faces off against a Titan defense that has allowed just 17.3 combined points per game to opposing running backs that's a negative points over average differential of minus 20.9 percent ranked 30th overall and before that big burst outing Sanders had been quite a disappointing asset um finishing outside of the top 33 weeks and out of four the titans are the best defense in the nfl at slowing rushing production specifically of opposing running backs and sanders certainly has not been utilized in the passing game it's a very low volume passing offense that is funneled between two wide receivers that make up more than 55 percent of the passing allocation in Devonte smith and obviously aj brown the titans are ranked 32nd with a negative points over average of minus 39.5 percent in rushing production alone and they're middle of the pack in receiving at 15th but obviously I, I don't think that we have to worry about much of that from Sanders 
and I'm sure as you know, Tim's going to mention in the Titan secondary as well. They're just, it's just been a massive disappointment in a sieve. And even as an IDP player, Kevin Biard hasn't been really consistent or somebody that you can rely on when he was a big backstop for them. Uh, they're allowing a lot of yards pretty middling in points but obviously the eagles can put points up in bunches on anybody so you can't take that discount into consideration too much it's a positive game script i mentioned earlier how i do think Tannehill can keep pace for a little bit but ultimately will get you know phased out by the high-powered eagles offense it's same reasons that i liked you know before i just think Devonte smith is well above um or rather I think my, yeah I do think Devonte Smith is well above you know wide receiver 20 and Miles Sanders is well outside of the top 20 running backs so you'd start Damian Pierce over Miles Sanders yes yeah I would not do that would you start all right pick two Alan Lazard Miles Sanders George Pickens I, asking George for Pickens. a friend asking for a friend would you yeah, say Pickens and Lazard so you'd sit Sanders in that situation, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that people should necessarily bench him, but I'm he just put up a 32-point-per-game performance, and I'm thinking more around 12-and-a-half. Oh, I mean, I'll take 12-and-a-half in that, in that matchup. All right, let's, uh, let's go to Michael, the second one that you're sure and positive very sure. of, the, of this one. This player is not going to score more than – Top seven and a half fantasy points this week. Is it? Is this according to your loins? My loins. It's Isaiah Pacheco. Wow. Okay. Back to back weeks of a perfect setup for Isaiah Pacheco has people wrongly assuming that he's going to be a helpful fantasy asset this week and moving forward. Look, Pacheco ran for over a hundred yard, a hundred yards against the Chargers two weeks ago. Congrats. Literally everybody does against the Chargers. Then last week he found the end zone, hiding the fact that he ran for sixty nine yards. On 22 carries. Super inefficient. He also... That that was against the Rams, which they were 15-point favorites. Obviously, they're going to run the ball a ton. He also has four targets on the entire season. So, he's a zero in the passing game. Now, it's a big game against Cincinnati Bengals. And if you think the Chiefs... They got embarrassed last season in the playoffs by the Bengals. Giving up a big lead. If you think the Chiefs are going to rely on Isaiah Pacheco to move their offense, you are very, very sadly and badly mistaken. Good luck to Isaiah (laughs) Pacheco seeing even 15 carries and good luck passing 75 rushing yards. There's a 0% chance he finds the end zone because the Chiefs just, one, they don't run in the red zone. 0%. Really? Yeah, 0% chance. And two, why would you when you have Patrick Mahomes and you're playing the the Cincinnati Bengals, they're not going to waste their time trying to establish Isaiah Pacheco. I guarantee you he sees less than 15 touches, and I guarantee you he doesn't find the end zone. He's not efficient, so he's not going to score more than seven, seven and a half PPR, uh, half PPR fantasy points. 75 rushing yards is his absolute max that I think maybe he breaks out a long run. That's it. He's not finding the end zone. He's not catching a pass. He's just going to be a complete waste if you start him. All right, Mike. I, I he mean... could be my bench warmer of the week too, but. Michael, strong words. I have very strong feelings about Isaiah Pacheco this week. Here's a guy I have strong feelings about. Amari Cooper. He's my second tier down of the week. Here's why. Remember I was mentioning that Houston Texans team? We were talking about the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are the worst matchup for wide receivers. 
the worst matchup for wide receivers in the entire National Football League. They give up 25% less points to the wide receiver, and it's not only because they're constantly being blown out. Uh, It's because they have a good secondary. Like Matt mentioned uh, a few podcasts ago, or maybe a last pod, uh, they have a good secondary. Derek Stingley's been playing well, and, you know... Jalen Peter. Yeah. Petrie, whatever. These guys have been playing well, and Amari Cooper... On the road this year, at Carolina, wide receiver 80. At Atlanta, wide receiver 91. At Baltimore, wide receiver 39. At Miami, wide receiver 62. And there was a neutral site where he was wide receiver 2. It was technically an away game, but a neutral site game. And now he's on the road, and he has a quarterback who hasn't played since two years ago. And who just went through the legal battle of his life. And will probably be hearing a chorus of boos constantly although i don't know maybe not maybe they cheer him i don't know but i assume they're gonna boo the crap out of him uh so i just don't see a world where deshaun watson comes back and triumphantly scores three touchdowns against his former team and i just don't see that and i think that the reason why they're not gonna have to is because they're so poor against the run that nick chubb is going to do the work for him and there's no reason to you can you can in this game this is the perfect game to ease Deshaun Jackson back in. Hand the ball to Nick Chubb, hand the ball to Kareem Hunt, let them do the work. They're gonna be able to move the ball. The running game's gonna work. I think Nick Chubb is a, a fantastic play this week. Uh, and I think that Amari Cooper is the is the sacrificial lamb of this situation. So I think Amari Cooper is my second uh stock down in this one. Uh Matt, why don't you wrap us up? I'm just going to piggyback on what you're saying as well, because I think putting Deshaun Watson in your top 12 quarterbacks this week is absolutely blasphemous. He was he um, was expert consensus ranking 11. No, nah, I'm done on Bro. it. Man. Not this week. Absolutely Guys, quarterbacks not. suck. Bro, 11? Yeah. You're wild. I don't know. Not when you, like, especially not, you know, there are so many variance in the quarterback position and guys like Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence have been putting up 25 point per game performances. And yeah, I'm just, I'm not into Sean Watson this week. And you know what? I'll tell you why a lot of the echoing of what Tim said, but you know, think about Russell Wilson's missed extended amount of time, changed offenses, new offensive coordinator, everything like that. Now he's completely unusable, unstartable, not even really looking like an NFL caliber quarterback outside of fantasy. Obviously, Russ or Deshaun Watson rather has a little bit more athleticism than Russell Wilson has left in the tank that can supplement some of that mistiming, miscues, those types of things when you're getting back into your first game. But Houston is going to be a terrible play. Like the disastrous effect of a hostile crowd can have on a quarterback's confidence in just regular away games cannot be understated, man. Deshaun's going to enter a, a sold out stadium of 72,220 fans that want to see him vindicated on a football field for what the courts wouldn't indict him for. Like there, there's not, he's not going to be able to call a single audible. Every play that comes in through his helmet, if he can hear them at all, is going to have to be what he walks up to the line with. And the Texans are a 
good defense. Ranked dead last against wide receivers. They're also ranked dead last in points over average as the NFL's best team at stopping the production of opposing quarterbacks when, when adjusting for matchup averages and points over average ranking. They allow 12.6 points per game with a negative points over average differential of minus 32.7%. They're 31st in both rushing and passing production allowed to opposing quarterbacks. 11.4 points per game through the air, 1.2 points per game on the ground. I'm not starting Deshaun Watson. No, fucking amen. I'm not starting to Sean Watson either. Let me. I'm not gonna agree with you guys. You know. You know what I was thinking. Now that this uh, comes up, uh, you know, I think we have to start changing the way we think about what makes a good quarterback and what makes a good tight end. Because I think that we're like, oh, tight end sucks, quarterback sucks. But if you think about it, if a wide receiver, if you're playing two wide receivers, right, and you're playing two running backs at least, probably three wide receivers, so. If you're looking at good wide receivers, you're looking at 1 through 24, and the top half would be the wide receiver 1. Those would be the elites. So instead of counting quarterback 1 as 1 through 12, we should really be counting quarterback 1 as as 1 through 6, and tight end 1 as 1 through 6. Like, if you if you really, like, yeah. do the transition. I agree. Transitional property, you know what I'm saying? And, like... Quick maths. Yeah, so, like, if, when you think I about agree. it in that sense, then, like then it really makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, no wonder. Like, the same the same ratio of people suck at every position to who are good at every position. It's just that there's you play more tight ends, and I mean, running backs and wide receivers. I mean, that's neither here nor there. Let's get into uh, the next category. Um, what is uh, your – Matt, we haven't started with you in a minute. It's the matchup of the week, the matchup that you are looking for. Uh, oh, Matt has disappeared from the connection. We're gonna keep going. He's gonna get. He's gonna be back soon. Hey, um, but so why don't you start us off, Michael? What's your matchup of the week? Sure, my matchup of the week is a fun one. It's the Dolphins and the 49ers. Mike McDaniel making his coaching debut against Shanahan. Right, I think this is the first time they're facing off against each other. I'm excited for it. You got two of the most dynamic offenses in the league, and two. Look, the, the 49ers defense is definitely better than the Miami Dolphins defense, but the 49ers defense has also not faced Terry Kill and Jalen Waddle yet this season. On one hand, you got, obviously, we know two has been great this year. Hill's been great this year. Waddle's been great this year. If Raheem Mostert's out again, Jeff Wilson should be a great play. And then on the other side, you said Debo Samuel might not play. If he doesn't, you still got Brandon Ayuk. You got George Kittle. Um, you got Christian McCaffrey. Jimmy G has been a... Low-end QB1 since they acquired Christian McCaffrey. And it's just two coaches who love each other going at it. And I'm super excited to see that game. Um, I think that has a chance to be a a big-time shootout. And uh, I think it could be very nice for fantasy purposes. I like that. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Uh, another – oh, I didn't even know you were there, Matt. You're a black box. Yeah, I don't know what happened. The, the camera's out, but I'm still here. Okay. Uh, we're, we're Matt is a uh, – his brain is like a a dark box of of knowledge because it's never ending. So that his brain is just on the it's screen the right now. It's the abyss of knowledge. It's just it's just it's endless. Bars. Uh, it's like space. Uh, my matchup of the week is Kansas City at Cincinnati. I think this is the easiest matchup of the week. This is the one where you want to see this as a revenge game. Pat Mahomes probably has that in his mind. Um, you have two high powered offenses. Looks like Joe Mixon's gonna play in this game again. Uh, even though every time Joe Mixon doesn't play, the other running back scores more. Um, 
you know, he's it's gonna looks like both these teams are gonna be at full strength. Jamar Chase is gonna play again. Um, I can't wait to just see this matchup. Like I, I, I you, you can go through all the individual matchups and all that stuff, but this is two of the better teams in the AFC in the middle of a, a hunt right now, and they're gonna need to score points to get this done. They're both also grooving. The the both of these teams are hot, so they're both coming in. Like, it's not like one of them struggling and they're not playing their best football. Like, both of these teams are playing their best football right now. So, I really want to see these two teams at their apex. And it seems like they're at their apex. It's going to be a, a phenomenal matchup. And I just can't wait to uh, play, pay close attention to this one on Sunday. Uh, no, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, Matt. That should be a fun one as well. That was going to be a – I feel like that's the, the give me option. Yeah, that, that was game. the yeah that, that that's a Mike choice. Yeah, I was the first pick, so that that takes that. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you know how we we it's whoever like is quickest to the draw on Thursday. I'm always cognizant of that every time I wake up on Thursday morning. I'm like, all right, I gotta get to this, I gotta get to this <laughs> list, or I'm gonna lose out on guys. I'm always cognizant of that, but I'm I'm never uh, this this week. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm getting this. This is the one. Uh, Matt, who's your uh, what's your matchup of the week? Uh, Los Angeles Tar- Chargers at Las Vegas Raiders, oh uh, second highest over under at 51 and a half points. Both defenses allow over 380 scrimmage yards and both defenses allow over 25 points per game. On average, they rank in the bottom eight of defenses each and both offenses are in the top 10 of scrimmage yards allowed or produced rather. Uh, both quarterbacks are heating up down the stretch and could greatly increase their playoff chances with a win, obviously being in the same division. Raiders are a little more out of it than the Chargers, I believe. But remember, this was the same position that they were in last season and how great of a game that was with that overtime victory. Uh, Devonta, and then it's it's a mirror match. It's just one of those beautiful funnel offenses on both sides, mirror match fantasy football matchups. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, well, Derek Carr, but Mac Hollins, Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, Foster Moreau, all have viable fantasy outlooks for this week. And, you know, that kind of actually leads me into something. I'm just going to hijack the next segment here, go straight into Grand Slam Smash of the Week because I was last Hey-o. up. And it's Austin Eckler. And Josh Jacobs, a little two for one in my first Graham Slam smash of the week because the running backs in this mirror match are absolutely phenomenal. Austin Eckler is a target hog of all target hogs. He recorded 15 targets last week, and something that Mike brought up is Keenan Allen played his full allotment of snaps and route participations. Josh Palmer is kind of like the guy you can look to when Allen, Everett, and Williams are out of the lineup, but Austin Eckler is that guy. If anybody is out of the lineup, or even if they're all healthy, he's going to see 10 targets. Like, he's on pace for a wide receiver one season if you remove the rushing. Um, Josh Jacobs receiving an insane league-leading 83.3% opportunity share. I'm not concerned about that calf. It seems like it's maintenance. He's got a limited practice in already. He took that same calf injury for 83 yards in a game-winning touchdown against the Seahawks. Both Eckler and Jacobs have incredible matchups against their respective teams opposing defenses. Chargers are 27.8 points per game to opposing running backs, third in true matchup rank. Raiders 27 points per game, ranked first overall in true matchup rank to running backs. I mean, smash. Both of them smash. Both of those running backs should be in your top five this week. Smash! Not only did he steal your method of going with the two for one, he stole your transition too. He went I mean, full Tim yeah, on that. I, ass. I, 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 was, I thought Tim I would cool actually be that. proud of me for that. that full was, Tim was, on that ass. I was cool with that. Going full Tim is not a an insult, Michael. That's a compliment. Uh, all right. Oof, depends who you ask. <laughs> I do love the man. Um, what was I gonna say? Damn, I I, I was gonna say something. oh, my, those two running backs are my pair of running backs in my Brodo, in the Brodo Dynasty League. So uh, well, um, I'm, I'm hoping your predictions come true. All right, Michael, who's your first Grand Slam of the week? 
A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. I like this one. I like this one. I was going to change mine yeah, to A.J. Brown, and then one. I saw Michael This would have been mine. Yeah, yeah, A.J. Brown in a revenge game? Revenge. Bro. Sign me up. Do you oh. need anything more than that? I mean, A.J. B-, AJ B. is a star, and he gets to play the team that disrespected him and traded him despite him being a premier playmaker for them since his rookie season. Plus, the Titans just generally stink against opposing wide receivers. They're third in true matchup rank to opposing wide receivers and are near the bot- near the bottom of the league in passing yards allowed to wide receivers and receiving touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. Plus, A.J. Brown is coming off of a three-game stretch of mediocre performances, and we know mediocre stretches don't happen often for A.J. Brown before he just breaks out again and has a huge game. This week against Tennessee, there's huge upside here, and I, if you don't think A.J. Brown has told Jalen Hurts yet this week, like, yo, throw me the ball this week, you're bugging. This is, like, certainly personal for him, and I think he's going to open up a can of whoop-ass on the Tennessee Titans. Not to mention that we talked about how susceptible the Titans are to big plays, and A.J. Brown yeah. is, is a big play machine. Yeah. It's like uh, A.J. Brown's strength versus the tech, the Titans' weakness plus a revenge game. I like that. Yep, I'm, yep, yep, I'm yep. with you on that one, Michael. All right, my Grand Slam Smash of the Week, you're going to see a theme here, and that is I don't believe in the Bears' defense whatsoever. It's Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers, the Bears' defense on the season, 10th in matchup ranking against the running back, but that is when they had better players. Yeah. Like, their players suck now. They have <laughs> sucky players. And when you have sucky players uh, yeah. and you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side, no matter what he's going through, like the, I think the Packers are going to score a lot, and people are going to be like, oh, are the Packers back after this week? And it's just going to be a mirage because they play the Bears. That's why I'm not too high on Mike White. Like I'm not letting my Jets fandom like come to me. And by the way, Josh Allen just made a sick touchdown throw to yeah. Gabriel Davis. Um, but like I'm not letting my my fandom go because I saw the game. I saw it with my own eyes, and the, the defense was just horrible. Just the worst defense I've seen played this year in a, in a game that I've watched. So... Um, yeah, Aaron Jones. Also, I know Aaron Jones didn't start the season off too hot, but since week seven, he's been a running back one on four separate occasions. He's been a running back 15 or better six out of seven times on five different occasions. Excuse me, running back one. He's the, he's the running back seven on the season. I know he did start off. He did not start off hot. He gave you some shitty performances in a row. Uh, from week three to week six, RB 49, RB 19, RB 32, RB 26. You're not trying to see that uh, out of out of your running back. But since then, he's been fantastic, and he's been consistent. And it's really been since since they gave up this dumb idea that A.J. Dillon should have any sort of relevance in the offense. Uh, so, you know, it's him. It's it's He's the man. He's he's going against a yep. terrible defense. Aaron Jones, my Grand Slam smash of the week. Uh who went first, Michael or Matt? I went first. Go ahead, Michael. Number two. Number two. Okay, number two. My uh, my second Grand Slam smash of the week here is Christian Kirk. The Lions have allowed the third most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers on the season. Um, with that being said, they're just 11th in true matchup rank. That's because they've been more stingy in opposing wide receiver touchdowns, but a great matchup to target nonetheless. Christian Kirk has been largely... Very good in good to great matchups, and almost all of his letdown performances have come in bad matchups. Very Amari Cooper on the Cowboys-esque for Christian Kirk this season. He struggled against Baltimore last week, which is a solid um, 
matchup on paper, but they've been good at stopping opposing wide receiver ones lately. Either way, they play the Detroit Lions in a dream matchup here in a game that has huge scoring potential. And games like this is when you should trust Christian Kirk. In the good matchups, he's put up 14. In the three best matchups this year, he's put up 14.7, 17.6, and 27 fantasy points. He's seen at least nine targets in four of his last five games. And he continues to operate as Trevor Lawrence's main target on the season. Zay Jones is certainly up there as well, but Christian Kirk is still the number one guy. And Trevor Lawrence has been getting better and better throughout the season as well. He's really stepped up over the past couple weeks. Um, Great comeback in the win against Baltimore last week. And I think Christian Kirk has a huge blow-up game potential here against the Lions. He's like a poor man's Amon Ross St. Brown. Going against Amon Ross St. Brown. It's going to be like his... uh, I see that. (laughs) That's actually like... It's like I'm an Ra- unfortunately apt comparison. It's like I'm Ross St. Brown in a funhouse mirror. All right, Matt, you're up. All right, last one for me. It's and we already touched on the offense a little bit, so I'll make it short and sweet. But as down as I am on the Cleveland Browns passing game, I am all in on Nick Chubb for a lot of the reasons that you said about that game script. And Chubb is long long surpassed Kareem Hunt in what used to be a very competitive backfield by committee. Chubb played 59% of the snaps, 83.9% of the rushing share, one target last week where Hunt, on the other hand, played just 32 snaps, five carries, two targets. And that has been a trend that has been going on for 12 weeks. (laughs) Let's just be blunt about it. Uh, And I mean, Grand Slam smash, man. The kid is averaging 18.9 points per game and is actually on pace for a career year in receiving stats as well. Albeit that is a very minimal window for Nick Chubb to actually surpass. But hey, he is on pace to have a career year in receiving. And again, he gets the Texans defense, who, as we mentioned, have been very solid against the pass. Some incredible draft picks, incredible selections. They're, They're a great cover defense. But part of that reason can also be a little narrative based, so to speak, as teams don't really need to attempt more than 30 passes per game to beat them. Um, they are the lowest team in the NFL, actually, uh, and passes attempted against per game. Basically, teams put up an early lead. They know that the Texans offense can't keep pace past 17 points, and then they run the ball to drain out the clock. Um, the Texans allow 27.6 points per game to opposing running backs, 22 point. 22.2% over average and are ranked second specifically in points over average against rushing production at a ridiculous 22.1 points per game um, and 53.9% over the expected average to just rushing production alone. I mean, that's just Green's slam dunk matchup for Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I even think that I'm going to talk about it a little later. Let me not let me not blow it right now. Um, let's go into our next category then. Uh, no, not I'm sorry. I just get myself. That never happens. Wow. Guys, you know why I skipped myself? Because I didn't really, you know, I was going to do research on this one. And, you know, sometimes it's just uh, you got to go with your gut. And I, my Grand Slam Smash of the Week is Jamar Chase. That might sound crazy to some people. But I'm going to go. I was I, a little surprised. I'm going to go with my gut because they held him out last week. If he plays this week, he's going to play. And he's going to play against a team that they're going to have to score points. This is not a game against the Houston Texans where you can ease in your best player. This is when Jamar Chase plays, they're going to take advantage of Jamar Chase. And they're going to give him the ball because he's one of the best players. And they're going to need him to play well because he's one of the best players. And Jamar Chase has done nothing but play well in situations where he needs to because he's one of the best players. One of the best players. 
And I think that you it's not it's just as simple as that. I think that if you have Jamar Chase and he's playing this week, I think that you can start him with absolute confidence. Because if he is playing yeah. in this game, you are not going to be in a situation where he's not going to have some production. They're not going to ease him back in a, in a scenario like, oh, go run a route here, go run a route. No, he, they might ease him in the snap count. He might not get 90% of snaps. But when he's on the field, they're going to use him and they're going to need him in this game to score points. This is a uh, Kansas City secondary. We'll talk about it later. But Kansas City, two cornerbacks in the top 15 in PFF scoring, uh, something to be noted. And Ladarius Sneed is having a fantastic year. Trent McDuffie's having a Incredible fantastic year. year. You know, Trent these, McDuffie was such an incredible draft pick. These guys are, are having good years, and it's a very good secondary. And Jamar Chase is going to need to play well, and he's going to because he's Jamar Chase. And Michael, what is he? A very good player. One of the best players. One of the best like players. It. You're a terrible student. You're a terrible teacher. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, that's too mean of a joke because you're actually a teacher. Yeah, that's that's why you said I said you're a terrible worried. teacher when you said you're a terrible student. Oh, well, you know, it's just call and response. It's not really uh, teaching there. Um, all right, let's you're get such in. a good teacher. <laughs> look, if, you just if, taught me about call and response. If you were a student, I would bench you right now with a dunce cap. Bench warmer of the week. You besides can't bench Michael. a child I, with a dunce cap in the corner. You really can't really do that. Yeah, these you days. cannot do that. You can't do that these days. No, that that would get you uh, very much in trouble. Do you but want me I, to start? Is that what you're trying to you say? You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you move a kid's seat though. Yeah, you do do that. So go go move your seat. Who's who's moving their seat this week, Michael? Moving move your seat to the bench, Mister Gus Edwards. Look, the Broncos' defense is huh. good. We know that. This is surprising. Yeah. You know, I like going uh, a little against the grain sometimes. We know that the Broncos' defense is good. They've allowed over 23 points just one time this season. They're actually the second best matchup for opposing kickers because they're so tough to get in the end zone against. Even last week when Deontay Foreman and Chubba Hubbard combined for 41 rushes and 178 rushing yards, neither of them found the end zone. The Broncos can be beat on the ground. We've seen it with Josh Jacobs. We saw it last week with Deontay Foreman and company. But finding the end zone is a tough task. And Gus Edwards has no pass catching role. He is a largely touchdown-dependent early-down running back. And if the um, Ravens are going to be limited to two to three touchdowns, as every single team has been when they've played against the Denver Broncos this year, that means Gus Edwards has to be one of them for him to pay off as an RB2. And I'd rather just not entirely bet on a touchdown from Gus Edwards to in my RB2 slot this week. I'd rather just put him on my bench. Uh, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate that analysis at all. Uh, yeah, I was just surprised because you were on the bandwagon of like this is Gus Edwards' job, but you know, just because it's, hey, it's his job, it's yeah. a good job. Yeah, uh, I haven't been a big yeah. fan of that backfield all year. I mean, as you guys know, we talked about cornerbacks. Let me just go off that. My first one is Adam Thielen uh, versus the Jets. I know Adam Thielen had himself a game last week, but. This is a Jets secondary that's eager to prove themselves. Right now on PFF, Sauce Gardner is the number one rated cornerback in both coverage and overall play. Um, he's not the only one in the top 15. There's three Jets. It's the only team to have three representatives, DJ Reed, Michael Carter. And, yeah, the, you know, PFF has gotten a little slack for its grades this year. But, you know, when you're looking at the other guys on this list, Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, Jack Jones, Traverius Ward, uh, Pat, Patrick Sutton, Marlon Humphrey, Jonathan Jones, these are guys that have been dominating. And 
and Sauce Gardner and Michael Carter, the slot corner, for those who don't know, and DJ Reed have also been dominating. And they've been dominating against lesser competition. So this is going to be a good test for them. And I just don't think Adam Thielen is It's going to be Justin Jefferson and Sauce on the outside in, in probably the most the most I've ever wanted to see a wide receiver and a cornerback go at it in my life, probably. Like, I really, like, for real, like, I, I don't really look forward to wide receiver cornerback matchups because I think they're overrated for the most part. But this one, like, just the style of play of both these this guys. This one is fire. Yeah. yeah like, I, I would be, I have a friend yeah. who's traveling. I don't deny that. He's a, he's a, he's a Minnesota Vikings fan. He lives in Astoria. Shout out to Elias. And he's traveling to Minnesota for this game. I, I told him, bro, if I was you, I, every single time these two would be on the field, I'd just watch them. I'd, I'd watch everything out the periphery and just like, I just watch them two go at it because I'm just so, I'm so intrigued by this, this matchup, but uh, that matchup is going to be going on on the other side. And then you have DJ Reed and Michael Carter, like I said, who have been shutting down opposing uh, players and, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Vikings uh, through the passing game, through the air. And I just don't think Adam Thielen is going to find his way into the end zone in this game. And uh, I don't think he has the, the, you know, he can he could pop off every once in a while. But in matchups like this, the Jets have been, has shut down wide receivers this year, as I've mentioned. Uh, I am sitting Adam Thielen in this matchup. Matt, who's your first bench warmer? Uh, multi-tiered because we don't really know who's healthy. It's the Dolphins running backs, all of them. Jeff huh. Wilson, whether it be Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, the starter, doesn't matter. And it's purely matchup based in all honesty. Well, I mean, that and not to mention that the Dolphins running back depth chart looks like an Apple score in the United Kingdom on the first day of a new iPhone launch. Get it? Nothing but cues. Hey, <laughs> I'm going to leave now. Goodbye. Yeah, Matt, you've done, you've done better. You've done better. But... <laughs> Yeah, all right. I know, I know, I know. That one was a reach. But but the 49ers allow just 301.9 total scrimmage yards per game. That's ranked first in the NFL. 79.5 rushing yards in the NFL. That's also ranked first. They are the toughest defense in the league for opposing running backs in fantasy. A league-worst 14.8 points per game with a league-worst points over average rating of negative 26.6%. They allow just 5.5 points per game to receiving production and 9.3 points per game to passing, or to rushing production, rather. It's just bad news. And again, I don't really think it matters who the starting running back is. I favor Jeff Wilson out of anybody for rest of season, but a cross-conference clash between the Jedi Master and the young Padawan as Mike McDaniel face off against Kyle Shanahan, first time in his young career as a head coach. The 49ers defense are arguably the best in the league overall, but they've kind of been a little susceptible to the pass. And obviously he has Tua Hill waddle to open up the playbook, go an all out air raid against his former predecessor. And, you know, not necessarily try to embarrass, but, but prove that he doesn't need to rely on the running game that he learned from that guy. And it's not just, you know, there's not just a little bit of like, sharpening of the sword at play here obviously you can play into that narrative but again it's a terrible defensive matchup you could consider benching the absolute best running backs against the 49ers defense let alone whoever they name the starter for sunday yeah 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 yeah, yeah. put that man on your bench put that man on your bench all right um let's get into my no michael's michael who's your second sit him my second bench warmer of the week is Drake London. Drake London has been terrible for fantasy purposes. He's being he's been treated as a wide receiver three flex play 
still, despite not being a reliable option since all the way back in week three. Since week four, Drake London has played in nine games. He has one single game inside the top 48 wide receivers. One game inside the top 48 in nine games, and yet people are still acting like he's someone you could start. We just have to realize that that is not the case. He gets the Steelers this week, which is a tremendous matchup on paper, so, of course, he's being ranked inside the top 40 wide receivers. Don't get excited about starting Drake London. At this point, it's just a fool's errand. You have to hope that he finds the end zone, which just has not been the case for him. It's not saying Drake London isn't a good football player. This is just how the Marcus Mariota-led Atlanta Falcons operate. And if you're telling me a wide receiver is still getting hyped despite ending outside the top 48 in eight of nine games, I'm going to tell you I don't really know what people are doing. Like, there's a people just get stuck on names, and that's what happened here with Drake London. Drake London. It's like the it, yeah. it's like he's in London and there's Q's. The letter Q is everywhere, right, Matt? That uh, mine was at least <laughs> in designation towards injury reports. Yeah, Tim Nyer is being Jeez, a disrespectful prick. <laughs> Taysom Hill, speaking of disrespectful, it's disrespectful to start that guy. Sit him on the fucking bench. Uh since <laughs> Like he had that great game in week five. Since then, his best his best game has been against Arizona, which is tight end eleven. They give up points to every tight end. He's been absolutely unusable outside of that. He's not even been in the top twelve tight ends since then. And and I already told you that people say twelve top twelve tight ends like that. If you start tight end twelve, you're losing. You're losing. All right. You want to start tight end six. That's the whole point. Uh. So like he is nowhere near that. And just give up. Give it up. Give up hope, man. Look, this is not Sean Payton, who is this offensive mastermind running the show. All right? This is Dennis Allen and his, I'm trading the best slot corner in the league uh, four days before the season. Him, the guy who makes those decisions, he's in charge of this offense. Not some other guy. All right? Not the other guy. So, if so, facto. Facto, if so. That's how I'm feeling. Taysom Hill, sit him down. But ergo, ergo, ergo. Where did the where does the Michael? Where did the air go? Ergo, you don't remember that that scene in Friends? But ergo, it's like a I remember it's a popular it from the scene Matrix. in Friends. No, it's Matrix. from Friends. Yo, did you see the new Matrix, Matt? Nope. It's like a it's it's like a it's very meta. It's like the Matrix happened, it. but it was a video game. And Neo is like a video game guy. I've not seen that, but I remember you telling me about it. And he has flashbacks to the original Matrix. It's like, it's meta. It's very meta Matrix. It's meta Please Matrix. stop saying meta. I can't think of a word I hate more than meta. Why? It's because, I mean, just because Zuckerberg ruined the name doesn't mean that it's not a good word. No, I don't care that it's always Zuckerberg been trash. named the meta. I just hate Wait, the is word. it my turn yet? So Who's meta. I don't like four-letter words. I'm Michael. I don't like words that I love four-letter words. Love. What about Meta World Peace? Meta World Peace spelled it with two T's. Spells it with two T's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's still Mike. Meta. Nope. Brothers from another mother. Yeah. It was, so it's just it's it's different because it's Meta with two T's. Absolutely. It's the same word. World Peace, baby. Nah, you said it the he same knows way. what he's doing here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. All right, Matt, bring us World Peace, kid. You're up. I would love to. Who's your all guy? All the way from Canada. Um, I mean, he is my guy, and it's sad to say it, and I'm not playing him in any lineups. I've pivoted anywhere I can, even for guys like Devin Singletary, who's not doing so well tonight. 
Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has been a far cry from a must-start asset since his 40-point RB1 outburst yeah. uh, against the Raiders, actually, in Week 8. He's not finished above RB8CT. He has not finished above RB18. Man, I wish I could speak sometimes since that game. Uh, finishes of RB23, RB33, RB18, like I said, and RB42 in that span. He's coming off the toughest matchup for running backs in the NFL, as we previously mentioned. Uh, he was shut out by the 49ers last week, but he does not receive a much better matchup heading into week 13 either. Uh, they face off against the Buccaneers, a rematch of the NFC South clash earlier this season that saw Tom Brady beat the Saints for the first time while wearing a Buccaneers uniform. Buccaneers defense are probably the best part of that team, obviously underperforming heavily. They allow just 16.3 combined points per game to opposing backfields with a negative points over average differential of 18.9%. That's ranked 27th in true matchup rank. They're equally proficient as stifling both rushing and receiving production of rival running backs. Concede 4.8 receiving points per game. That's minus 10.8 percent points over average and 11.5 rushing points per game that's minus 16 points over average uh yeah i mean we see this from new orleans they kind of bounce back and then they fall back to the basement camara isn't getting any rushing production essentially you're virtually yeah. relying just on receiving production as i mentioned the buccaneers are equally as efficient at stifling that it's a terrible matchup it's a terrible game script it's a super low over under a 40 and a half um they're on the road yeah it's everything just points bad news for camara and that offense in general as the bucks kind of start to find their footing towards the end of the season i just took over first place in my um in my work league, which which I feel like I I should I should be there. I gotta represent. Um, so, but anyway, I'm actually facing the decision: Rashad White, Tony Pollard, and Alvin Kamara. And as of right now, Alvin Kamara's on the bench. That and is the right choice. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, all right, let's go into the night. Into the night. <laughs> I don't know. Let's go what? into the uh, the diamond, the diamond in the rough segment. Oh, this drive turned ugly quickly. Uh, for the a uh, a beautiful touchdown to Stephon Diggs, fifty yards got called back by a holding, and now Josh Allen has just fumbled the ball into the hands of Matthew Judon, who killing it from my IDP league. I've been I've been just like talking a lot about my fantasy. Teams, my, so my apologies, Matthew Judon. I give you a ton of praise for. Yeah, I call that guy. Before I even knew the name Matthew Judon, Tim was hyping him up, and I was like, "Bro, like, I don't, why are you like so obsessed with the dude Matthew Judon out of nowhere?" And then he became a star. Uh, Michael, who's your first? Uh, speaking of star, diamond in the rough. My first diamond in the rough here, Chase Claypool. Like Chase Claypool was on the decline over the last several weeks. Um, besides getting traded to the Bears. He was a uh, it was a non-factor really moving from. Kenny Pickett to Justin from Justin Fields to Kenny Pickett. Um, I mean, excuse me, from Kenny Pickett to Justin Fields. He started playing less and less for the Bears, though, which was concerning. Never played more than fifty percent of snaps, and then last week happened, and all that changed. I don't think that's got enough attention. I haven't really seen anything about it. Claypool played sixty-seven percent of snaps with a twenty percent target share, and it was the clear wide receiver one after Darnell Mooney went down. He also made a Difficult contested catch in which he drew a DPI against um, against Sauce Gardner, which is not something that has come easily to anybody this season. Um, so I know Mooney is now out the season. As you guys know, I'm not one to chase Bears pass catchers by any means. 
And Claypool doesn't get a great matchup here against the Green Bay Packers, but he's been able to put up some decent games this season in bad spots. And the Packers offense has really picked up since Christian Watson's breakout game. And the Bears are likely going to need to pass to stay in this game against Green Bay. And at a wide receiver 50 expert consensus ranking, I think Chase Claypool has some uh, has some appeal there. So he's my first sleeper for the week. I like it. Matt, who's your... Uh, that's... that's uh, He only played 40% of snaps last week. That's 67% of snaps. Oh. It was the first time he played because that many snaps because Mooney went down. And he was a clear wide receiver mm. one. That's what I'm, like, And I don't think anybody's really discussed that. Like, people who started ranking Darnell Mooney as a top 30 wide receiver again, I thought it was stupid, but they started doing it. And now Claypool's being ranked at wide receiver 50, even though Mooney's out. Let's see. That's a good Let's point. Uh, Matt, who's your first sleeper? I'm going to do... This one's a little bit contingent on whether he actually suits up, but as we talked about earlier in the podcast in the news section, Michael Gallup is on the injury report, but it's due to an illness. Um, he's not expected to practice on Thursday, which would be today, the recording of the pod, but he is expected to suit up. Now, he had a season-high eight targets against the New York Giants, which are a pretty tough defense for, you know, they're under... Um, they're ranked 20th in true matchup rank. Now, they're a little bit of a gap between them and the Colts, who Gallup faces this week, who are ranked 29th. Obviously, that's a pretty bad matchup. But we're talking about diamonds in the rough. It might be a rough matchup, but I have a little bit of confidence in Michael Gallup, especially considering he's ranked as the wide receiver 41 in true match or an expert consensus rank, rather. And again, this was one of the first games where he actually saw his full allotment of snaps, his full allotment of route participation, yeah. and received eight targets. Uh, he caught five for 63. That would have given you... 11.3 PPR points, his first double-digit performance of the season, other than the one where he caught a touchdown in, in, week, in his first game back. Yeah, I, I feel like, especially as a sleeper in this position in a game where it's not projected that the over-under or the, the allotted points between the two teams are going to be very high, but the way that Dallas has been moving the ball lately and on fire the way that they are, I think Michael Thomas is low-key due for some positive regression in the touchdown department. And if we can kind of build in seven targets for five catches and whatever yardage comes along with that, I think people are going to be pretty happy about flexing him this week. You just said Michael Thomas. I was I was just oh, thinking to myself, am I going I'm, crazy? I, I did it. I pulled it to him. He pulled it to him. I was like, he just said Michael Thomas. I thought I was going crazy. Gallup. Gallup. Big horses. That wasn't your best. <laughs> uh, my, all right, that was better. That was a little better. My first diamond in the rough, uh, Darius Slayton. Look, guys. Whether you like it or not, Darius, Darius. Darius Slayton continues to get all the work as the number one wide receiver for the Giants. Richie James had the same number of targets last week, but Darius Slayton is still on the field the most of anyone. 84% of the snaps. He's 17.1% of the target share, tied for the lead in, on the team. And the offense right now is facing a Washington Commanders team that is very good against the run, and Saquon Barkley has been not so good lately. He's, he's It's a lot of wear and tear on legs that have not really run this much in two years coming off injury and he's starting to slow down a bit it seems and they're going to have to go to the air and the commanders of the team to go to the air against uh they are the second best uh true matchup ranking they give up 21.7 percent over average they give up 30 points a game to wide receivers and Darius Slayton is going to be the main beneficiary of all the balls that Daniel Jones throws for the most part so I think that I think that Darius Slayton is a nice sleeper here, man. I think that he can uh, fit nicely into your wide receiver three spot, and you could be pretty pretty excited about what you're going to get from the outcome there. Tim, I'm going to go next. I'm going to skip Matt. Sorry, Matt, because my deep sleeper. You're actually next, Michael. 
I'm not next. Matt is no, actually Matt you're right. I am went, supposed bro. to be next. You're right. It's all right, dude. Just classic, go. classic, Tim, <laughs> classic Tim. You guys, right you there. guys keep making errors and then saying classic Tim. Yes, like, it's you guys making these errors. I'm not making these but errors. We'll maybe make. <laughs> well, we average, I'd say, less than one error per recording. You average like three or four, so it's pulling a Tim. Whenever I do in not. Order. I do not average three or four. If we include mispronounced names, <laughs> no, bro, no way. You know, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start keeping a tab secretly without saying anything. Yo, that would be that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> All right. Well, anywho, my deep sleeper is Richie James of mm. the New York Giants. Look, Richie James stepped into Wondell Robinson's role last week and delivered a solid fantasy performance. He went five for 41 on six targets, and he played 70% of snaps and saw a 17% target share. Now the Giants get a Washington Commanders, uh, get the Washington Commanders in a divisional clash. And they're going to need to pass the ball in this game. The Commanders are also a wide receiver funnel offense that people do not realize because their points per game average doesn't align with their true matchup rank. But that's because they haven't played super high-end wide receivers this year. The Commanders are 29th against the running back and tight end in true matchup rank. They're middle so of the pack. That's the third in, worst matchup. That's the third worst matchup, yeah. They're middle of the pack in points per game allowed to wide receivers, but they're second in true matchup rank to opposing wide receivers. This is why I use true matchup rank. Just because they haven't played the most high-end wide receivers doesn't mean they can't be beat by the wide receiver position. Um, so Richie James here, who is less than even 20% rostered still in Yahoo leagues, should have a decent shot to have a, a nice game as a deep sleeper against the Washington Commanders. I'd be very happy starting him in like a 14-16 team league or in a pinch if I'm very desperate. 1,416 teams? 1,416 teams. Uh, that's when Col- Columbus sailed the Ocean Blue, fourteen hundred sixteen, right? <laughs> it was fourteen ninety two. Get I it know that's rhymes. one error. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, you're up. Who's your deep uh, sleeper? Uh, I mean, th- this sleeper is so deep. This diamond in the rough is so deep that it's still cold, and you're gonna have to pick it up and squeeze it and pray and squeeze. hope and put it under pressure. And yeah, it. it as deep as we can get, I always try to go much, much deeper ever since Tim named Traylon Burks as a sleeper. I, I literally fly in the face of that by by going as deep as I can with somebody. Bro, so that week. All of that <laughs> was his second game Tim, ever. Shut your mouth, kid. Shut it. All of that, all of that prefacing the fact that my deep diamond in the rough sleeper this week is Kendall Hinton. Uh as gross hey, as it yo. is, he led the team in targets last week. He's been the number two guy on the Broncos offense with Jerry Judy sideline. And as far as beats writers and coaches are keep reporting, the organization is absolutely ecstatic with his increased role in his last three games, four receptions, five targets, 62 yards, three receptions, three targets, 57 yards, then five receptions on nine targets for 35 yards. So uh, the more they used him, the less efficient he got and the less he used him, the more efficient he was, but you know, some serviceable production there. And obviously the hope, is maybe he turns one of those deep targets into a touchdown on broken coverage this week and falls ass backwards into the end zone for a top 30 finish. Does it have to be ass backwards? I mean, he could fall forwards, but the idiom stands. Traylon Burks was a deep sleeper. All right. Traylon Burks was a deep sleeper. Um, this deep sleeper, I don't know if it's going to count as deep sleeper now that you guys are making fun of me. It's Kareem Hunt. Oh, that's pretty deep, <laughs> considering uh, where he's at. This yeah, man. I wouldn't yeah. consider it a deep sleeper. You talking fun. to me? You talking like I know my running. Both of my big running back misses are part of my categories this week. Um, Kareem Hunt, I can't quit you. Uh, but for real though, like I have quit, <laughs> and uh, I'm not, I'm uh, yeah. Kareem Hunt is uh, 
not been any, anywhere near my starting lineup for a few for a few weeks now. But in this matchup against Houston, they might take the lead early. They might have it off in this offensive for the, the offense of the Brown is probably going to yo dude. They're just on this. I'm sorry I, I, if it seems like I'm struggling and not paying attention. It's because it's the it's the case, bro. What what is they what are they doing to us right now? Look on the screen. They have a guy putting like a bunch of dressings Tim, in, a, in a cup. Me? I'm like nauseous right now. You're a terrible. It was that was the most gross thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god. Another another really gross thing would be starting Kareem Hunt. But this week it, it could, you know, it could work out. Uh that's how I feel when I start Kareem Hunt. I feel like I'm drinking a mixture of like Thousand Island dressing and ketchup and hot sauce and and Worcestershire sauce or whatever that's called. Yeah, he is not who we uh Expected him to be this year, Mr. No. Cream Hunt. No, especially because I was on the Cream Hunt fucking train. I was running that thing. Um, but yeah, he, I, I think it's it's less Kareem Hunt and more Nick Chubb. I just wish they would have traded him when they had the chance. Like, yo, trade the dude. Why are you, why are you putting him in this nonsense? Uh, anyway, I think that he could play because the Houston Texans running defense is terrible and the game script will probably favor the Browns. How are you feeling? Mr. Matt, who's your? Oh no, you have it already. All right, guys. Yep. Is that everything? That's everything. On to our we streamers. gotta get to the streamatorium. Oh, yeah. Streamatorium, yeah, visiting the streamatorium. the streamatorium. So, Mike, uh, Matt, why don't you tell us which animal you're visiting in the streamatorium? Nah, that that sounds terrible. Why don't you tell us what exhibit? No, that was a perfect segue. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, the animal that I'm visiting in the streamatorium happens to be a lion. And the Lion Ew. plays host to another animal this week in the Jaguars. I'm talking about Ew. Jared Goff as my quarterback streamer. Uh, it's an interesting cross-conference matchup between two red-hot offenses, as I was kind of alluding to earlier. The benefit of that is they house two subpar defenses on either side of the football as well. So let's just – I'll break down the matchup a little bit. The Jaguars offense up and down, but turned up the heat over the past three weeks. Um, they averaged 37.1 scrimmage yards per game that's 10th 22.2 offensive points per game 15th lions defense absolutely atrocious league worst 426 scrimmage yards and 28.2 points per game that's also league worst conversely their offense has exceeded all expectations uh top eight in scrimmage yards 373 top eight in points per game 25 and on the other side jaguars defense 248 passing yards alone per game which is seventh worst in the nfl and 21 points per game on defense allowed to offenses that's 15th so pretty middle of the pack there but obviously a huge sieve of passing production overlooked matchup that has classic recipe for shootout potential which makes jared goff an enticing high upside sleeper in my books uh the lions pace of play is really interesting this year third in pace of play um 33.1 pass attempts per game 243.1 passing yards per game Goff is averaging and he ranks 13th in true throw value for all the quarterbacks that have more than 200 pass attempts I had to remove the uh Mike Whites and the Bailey Zappies of the world for this one and he's going to bring that efficiency into a matchup against a defense that allows 20.6 points per game to the quarterback position which is ninth in true matchup rank with a points over average of 16.2 percent and 16.6 Points of that 20.6 points per game is via passing production alone, which sets the table for Goff to feast in a matchup that is just catered to his skill set. I like it. Do you know, I think a, a a shady candidate that's going to be a head coach next season is Ben Johnson, the, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. Because if you look at the Lions personnel, they have a great offensive line, yes. But besides that, like Jamal Williams is a good player, but he's not a great player. And, 
the wide receivers, Amon Ra is a slot receiver, and he's your number one guy, and you don't really have anyone on the outside, and you still have the number eight offense in the league, and Jared Goff uh, is balling. So I think that, you know, I think Ben Johnson gets some looks for a head, coach, uh, head coaching position, position next season. Season That's my deep sleeper. Um I'm streaming Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, and the theme of the Bears' defense sucks continues. I don't know how many times I could talk about the Bears' defense sucking. So I just, I'm just going to tell you, Aaron Rodgers, that's the I own you team. Uh, if Jordan Love plays, I'm even comfortable streaming him. But if Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, I'm comfortable streaming him, streaming them against this Bears' defense. Michael, who's your streamer? My streamer is Mike White. Mike White just balled out what against the say? Chicago Bears. Oh Mike White, my God. Michael is and now he gets the Minnesota Vikings. The game is at forty-four and a half over under, lost and the, the way the Jets win is if is if Mike White balls no. out again. The QB streamer landscape is atrocious no. right now. I'd rather take a shot on Mike White in a passing script type of game, especially if Michael Carter's out. You think the Jets are gonna? Run their offense through Zonovan Knight against the nine and two Minnesota Vikings on the road. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the case. Give me Mike White over Jared Goff, Mike Marcus Mariota, t- hey. Mariota, Taylor Heineken company. I'm in a fourteen team league where I have Kyler Murray on by, and I drop Taylor Heineke because I'm starting Mike White instead. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm streaming Mike White in this one. I'm just going to jump into the next one because it's connected. I have Tyler Conklin as my tight end streamer of the week. If I think that White has a good chance like to have a nice more. game, then obviously I think his pass catchers have a good shot to play well as well. The tight end landscape is a joke, so sign me up for Tyler Conklin. Conk just went 3-for-50 against the Bears in a game that the Jets did not even need to pass in the second half. And now the Vikings, they get the Vikings in a game where Mike White is likely going to have to pass more, and the Vikings are 7th in true matchup rank against opposing tight ends, which is their most beatable position on the year. So give me the Conk and Mike White two New York Jets as my streamers of the week. I'm also streaming Tyler Conklin in that same league. So I got the Mike White and Tyler Conklin connection. I'm connecting with Mr. Matt uh, on this one. Uh, I'm going to that Detroit Lions matchup as well, and I'm streaming Evan Ingram in my tight end position. Yuck. Look, I know that he hasn't been that active the He's last few terrible. weeks. terrible. But, I mean, it's just, a, it's just a, you know, this is what Evan Ingram does. Like, he's not a great player. No one's expecting him to be a great player. He's not going to make great plays every game. Uh, but he's still on the field for 90% of the snaps. And the Lions have given up 42.3% points over average to the tight end. And so far this year, the, the most... Like, I've been making great tight end calls because I've just been following the crew matchup. Like, tight, it's just a cheat code. So, I'm, I'm going with the matchup in this one. Evan Ingram's on the field for 90%. I, I, I see him possibly catching a touchdown from Trevor Lawrence in this game. So I'm streaming Mr. Evan Ingram. Yeah, I mean, it's the tight ends. So how you feeling, man? Yeah, I like it. I like that whole matchup. That's part of the reason why I'm so in on these guys. Who's your tight end streamer, though? <laughs> oh, my tight end streamer. There you go. Well, sir, let me tell you something. Hayden Hurst. <laughs> I had to make the intro a little more exciting than the name because he's probably the most boring tight end streamer that you could possibly imagine. And for that reason alone, I would argue is why his roster ship percentages remain much lower than they should, which honestly at this point with the tight end landscape being what it is and him putting up even just eight points per game. Uh, but with some boom potential, he should be rostered in hundred percent of leagues in all honesty. Managers would rather chase upside, though, on swings and on boom weeks for more exciting names. And it's you know kind of hard to blame them when, again, like Tim said, when you're 
playing that low end tight end one matchup, you, you could just grab tight end 20 off of waivers and have the same type of upside. Like I said, he averages just 8.8 points per game. Only has two of his six last games with a finish inside of the top 15. But he does get the Chiefs and was expected to be a wild shootout between two of the league's best scoring offenses. The Chiefs do allow 18.4% over the expected average to tight end matchups. They allow 10.1 points per game naturally, ranked 10th overall like in points over average. Um, yeah, I mean... 18.4% increase to a team that already allows 10.1% or 10.1 points per game rather. And Hurst is on that 10 point cusp and any double digit tight end is essentially a guaranteed top 10 finish. I like Hayden Hurst in this matchup. I think he's got touchdown upside and also he just has, yeah, five receptions for 30 yard upside. Yeah. He's just been, it's a, it's a safe option. Hayden Hurst has just been like options. so much worse. Then he should be. Yeah, he might not win you your week, but he certainly is not going to lose it for you. And you could slot him in for that eight-point average guarantee. Last year, CJ Uzuma was a lot more, like, useful than Hayden Hurst this year. Hayden Hurst just seems useful on the surface, but he really has not been. That's why I'm I'm kind of... I'm kind of put off by Hayden Hurst because every time he's supposed I don't, to yeah, I know does. it's it's really a floor play. I I went chalky with that tight end streamer, where that landscape is just so ugly. Like, just give me eight points and I'll work my lineup around something else. Speaking of working out lineups, playoffs are approaching in the Brodo Unlimited League. Uh, so let's go over this Unlimited League. What do you say, fellas? Let's do it. We're gonna do the start sit questions after that because it's getting it's getting <coughs> hot and heavy uh, with this. So by the way, Patreon.com, we answer your start sit questions on the pod and we talk about this league. Um, one champion, who will it be? I'll tell you what, my team, which who's in last place, sixteenth. All of a sudden, doesn't look that bad. All my injuries it doesn't got, matter. Playoffs start next week. Yeah, but I'm about to ruin some. Yeah, you done, son. I'm about to ruin some people's playoff hopes. It's bro. like we're taking home the title. All right, yeah, you're not even in the playoffs right now, Matt. <laughs> I know. My, my defensive strategy fell apart, bro. Teams actually <laughs> oh. started scoring points against me. We got some. What is up with that? We got some movement. Oh, it, it we got some movement. Oh, boy, we got some movement in the standings uh, in this matchup. But it, it looks like in this in this league, in the bald league, six teams have all clinched their playoff spots. So we know before. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks like that we know who's going to be going to the playoffs in this league. So congratulations. Hurts alerts in first place, eight and four. So this was definitely a a league. Uh, Big Will jumps four spots from six to two after a win. And the bearded bastard falls down from two to six, but both make the playoffs. Um, the, the, the all important points for when you have a league like this. Everyone who made the playoffs was eight and four in this league. That's wild. Yeah, everyone was eight and four. They're separated just by total points scored. Uh, Trenton War Ghost, he's a Brodo writer. Uh, shout out to Trenton. Uh, Farmer John, Johnny Bravo, Piz, two four three, two would be or two would not to be, and of course Big Will and AQ Cactus Sofo, the Beardless Bastard. So we have ourselves the top six all at eight and four. Uh, and, you know, that's what we're doing. There's not a lot of big matchups this week because we already know who's going to the playoffs. So it's going to be next week that the playoffs begin. <clears throat> Let's go. One champion to rule them all. Um, Michael, what's going on over in the slightly balling division? In the slightly balling division, Tim, we got some some fun, some fun happening here. We have 
four teams locked into a playoff spot, but there are going to be some teams fighting for the fifth and sixth spot. We got Eagle 2080 in first place on a three-game winning streak. Team JRXDD in second place at 8-4. and four. Both of those teams were 8-4. Team Thanks Zeke riding a three-game winning streak to 8-4. And, and Team Drip C riding a three-game winning streak to 8-4. and four. All four of them have clinched a playoff spot. Fifth is Team KV from BK. He's been up and down all year um, in the standings, going win-loss, win-loss. He's 7-5. and five. Second in the league in points, though. He has a very good team, so he's someone to keep an eye on. Even if he loses, there's a chance he stays in in the playoffs because um, because of his points for. And then Team G Martini, that's John Luca, one of our writers. He's in sixth place at seven and five. And then we got Matt on a two game losing streak in seventh at seven and five. <laughs> would jump into the playoffs with a win and a loss from either Team KV from BK or Team G Martini. And Alexander the Great looking in at six and six. If he wins. Matt loses and Team G Martini loses, he gets into sixth place. Or if Team KV from BK loses and he outscores him by 34 points, he jumps into sixth place. And guess what? Team Alexander the Great plays Team KV from BK this week. So he has a shot to fight his way into the playoffs. Matt gets Team Drip C, who's the fourth seed, which is a very tough matchup. And then, um, let's see, John Luca gets Austin City Limits, who is in 14th place. So, kind of a cake matchup for him. I want to look at this matchup between Alexander the Great and KV from BK because pretty awesome matchup here. I want you guys to tell me who you think has the edge. Um, I'll start with the team that has the higher ranking, and that's KV from BK. He has Brandon Ayuk, Devontae Adams, Cordero Patterson, Tony Pollard, Josh Allen, Derek Carr, Evan Ingram, and Nico Collins. Decent team. Alexander the Great has Michael Gallup, Chris Olave, Omari Cooper, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, Chase Claypool, Matt Ryan, and Joe Burrow. He also has Zonovan Knight on his bench if he wants to stick him in there for, like, Tyler Boyd or something like that. What are you guys thinking? I think I'm giving the slight edge to KV from BK here, but a very slight edge. I, I agree. I yeah, it's, it's a slight edge. There's slight. a little bit more ceiling there. Real slight. Real slight. Yeah, this, that's that's a tremendous matchup there because they're vying for playoff hopes. So shout out to those teams who made the who are going to make the playoffs head into the – remember, even though it's two separate leagues, there's only one champion crowned, um, the Ultimate League World Champion. So shout out to those guys as – I mean – I didn't make it. Tim didn't make it. Cass didn't make it. Matt might not make it. The patrons working us in this one. I love it. All right. Speaking of patrons working us, start, sit, bench, cut, trade from Nick Lovin. We're getting into these start, sit questions. Mike, Jason, Tim, John. Johnny. All right. No, for real though. All right. Kyron Williams, Jarek McKinnon, or Jalen Warren. That's gross by Ty. Uh, by Kai. Do you oh. guys have a... I mean, McKinnon's not practicing right now, and, and Jalen Warren might not play, so I guess... Jalen Warren practicing full. It's Kyron Williams, yeah. It's Kyron Williams oh, anyway guys. in a vacuum, and that's the grossest thing to ever possibly I mean, admit. No, I'll, I'll bet you Jalen Warren, Warren yeah, over Kyron Williams. I'll go with Warren. Go you want to bet that, Matt? Jalen Warren versus Kyron Williams? That's the worst bet ever. I mean, I would absolutely... We just said Jalen Warren isn't even playing. No, he, he practiced in full. He's back. Oh, I mean, that go with Jalen Warren Fuck Kyron Williams. Bro. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Najee hasn't practiced. Now, this one's hard. This one is hard. This one is hard. Nah, listen, listen. Watson. Christian. 
Christian Watson, Keenan Allen, or Brandon Ayuk, full PPR? Keenan Allen, bro. That's what's hard for you? That's 100% hard, Keenan Allen. I mean, it's Keenan Allen, but I didn't think it was by much. Kenny McDuff says, oh, with a, that announcement? need a flex PPR. Zay Jones, Tony Pollard, Jeff Wilson. Oof. See, this one's tough. That one's tough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, last week, last I'm week, sitting Jeff Wilson nervous for Tony for Pollard. For sure. Not yeah, and, and Tim kind of is nailing it, too. I, because I have Zay tearbreaker up, the analysis is already finished for me. I'm going to have to go with Zay Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with Pollard. I can't sit Pollard. Yeah, I get, right now you can't sit Pollard. It's 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 tempting, but you got to play Pollard. Uh, at tight end, Tyler Higby or Foster Moreau? That's uh, easily Foster Moreau. Moreau. Yeah, Moreau. Uh, full PPR, Engram or Higby? I'm going with Engram on that one. Engram. Engram, yeah. You can't trust Higby with yeah. uh, the dude not named Stafford at quarterback. What's his name? That, that's from Izzy. <laughs> Kai, what's the dude's name? I'm getting confused. Bryce Kyron Williams. Now. Perkins. Bryce Perkins. There you go. Uh, yeah. Kai says Boyd, A.J. Dillon, or even Hollins. Mac Hollins? Mac oh. Hollins, yeah. Over Tyler Boyd in Jamar Chase's game back and A.J. Dillon. Yeah, Mac Hollins. I'd consider Mike Collins. That's the shootout potential in that one. I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon yeah. here. I think that A.J. Dillon is oh, What is wrong with I mean, you? Yeah, it's right? against the Browns. It's Thank against you, the Matt. Bears. It's I don't care. He's had other good matchups in this it's season, the too. Bears. All right. The Bears. The right. Bears. Let's bet it. Let's bet it. Come on. A.J. Dillon, Matt Collins, A.J. Dillon. Okay, 100%. I'll bet my house. You'll bet your house on Matt Collins' fantasy production? That's <laughs> the, we're going to have to get you some help, Matt. All right. Over A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I do have I'm gonna. I'm going to jump in on this one, too. All right. Uh, Izzy says full PPR start one. Michael Carter, if he plays, Van Jefferson, Michael Gallup. 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 Yeah, thanks, Mike. I agree. Uh, Rashad White, if Lenny plays, or Jalen Warren, if Najee sits. What? <laughs> Johnny that's said, inter- No, that's Johnny gave us very, very specific questions. So, I mean, I, we could, we're, we're putting in a, ourselves in a world where Najee Harris does not play, and and Fournette does, Fournette which is, is likely. So how do you value them then? I would still say it's Rashad White there. Same. Same. Oh, yeah. Okay. I agree. Uh, Kai says, P. Ryan, if Mixon is out, doesn't look like Mixon's going to be out. Back. Yeah. Uh, Miles Sanders or Kareem Hunt? Sanders, of course. Oh, Sanders. I'd yeah. go P. Even Ryan. As much, uh, we did have Sanders or I. I well, shouldn't put back. you guys in that umbrella because you didn't really agree with me. <laughs> but I did have Sanders as my tear breaker down this week. But he's still a serviceable RB2. Yeah. I, de- I definitely, I'm definitely not excited about Miles Sanders this week. Um, half point PPR. Uh, Izzy always drops Thursday questions in this chat. Always. I don't think uh, he understands. I try to skim through it to see if anyone does that, so I can answer for them. But I guess I missed it. Izzy, Izzy's that guy though, uh, so he can do he can do no wrong. Uh, Jake from IT, Slayton or Olave as wide receiver flea three. Olave, Olave, Olave. Uh, and then flex one of them or Lat Murray, C. Pat Hunt, or Gus Edwards. Half PPR. I'd go Olave and Patterson. I'd go Olave and C. Pat. I don't Tim wants to go Olave and Slayton. I want to go Olave and Slayton, but I think I'd go Olave and C. Pat. But I, I mean, I don't uh, hate going Slayton. There, do the smart thing. I prefer C. I'm sitting Hunt. I'm sitting Edwards. I'm sitting Lat Murray for yes. sure. Yeah. Uh, so it's between yes. those three. Go with your gut. Um, start two full PPR. Pacheco. Justin no. Justin Jackson of the Chargers? Of the Lions, of the Lions? Now, but I mean, no. I'm starting Pacheco yeah, over Justin So who are the last he two? Says, he <laughs> says of the Chargers. Uh, Jake from IT says, all right. Pacheco, Justin Jackson, Corey Davis, Leonard Fournette, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, Fournette and Davis. the first dude. 
Fournette and Pacheco. Pacheco. I mean, Corey Davis. Fournette and Pacheco. Corey Davis. No Corey Davis. Hasn't even really mixed into the offense again yet. He's still he's still getting back into the groove. Slater going into the uh, the classic question: Zeke or or Pollard PPR? Mm, Pollard, Pollard. especially in PPR. Uh, Pick two PPR: Pittman, Juju, Christian Watson. Watson, Pittman. I'd sit Pittman. Would you? I would also sit Pittman. Would you start? Yeah, crazy shootout matchup. Juju's got such good touchdown potential in this game. Now, would you start Zeke in place of one of those, one of those wide receivers? No, no. No. I'm going. I'm going Pollard, Juju, Watson, regardless. Uh, Any chance you start Burrow over Josh Allen? Uh, I mean, that's tonight. I wouldn't sit Josh Allen. I told him that. All right, no. big big Will, who just uh, got second place in the league. Devo Samuel versus Miami. Garrett Wilson versus Minnesota. Juju Smith Schuster versus Bengals. Or Drake London versus Steelers. This is a man who watched the watches Crunch Time. That's a guy. That's a man who watches Crunch Time. You need to reply. You need to say it one more time. Juju. Devo versus Miami. Garrett Wilson versus Minnesota. Juju versus the Bengals. Drake London versus Steelers. Garrett Wilson. And who else? You're a madman. <laughs> Juju and Wilson over Debo. He's Debo, drinking it's the looking Mike White like juices. Pause. <laughs> I mean, it's looking like Debo is not practicing, so it's he's looking. No, like and it wasn't Debo for me, but I do have Juju a little ahead of Garrett Wilson. I, I not that I think Mike White is not going to have a serviceable game, but I'm not expecting a two touchdown magical performance, and he really did only catch five passes. So, well, it's, pick, right. it's the pick target two, share so. was there. It's he pick, didn't have to throw that much. It's pick two, so oh, it's pick two. Yeah. Well, then I'm an idiot. So Luckily, yeah, Garrett Wilson and Juju. There you go. Luckily you guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're back, baby. There you go. We're back. Um, let's see. Next. Pick two, half PPR. Debo, Chase, Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson. Whoa. Very similar. Jamar Chase, Chase and, and Christian. Ooh, I want to say Juju over Watson. I agree. I mean, going with Chase and Watson. My main concern is, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Michael responded to someone with an office gif, as he usually does. Uh, pick two half PPR, says Gary. Brandon Ayuk, Juju, Christian Watson, Traylon Burks. A lot of Juju and Christian Watson questions. Yeah. I'd go Juju and Christian Watson. Yep, me too. I agree. Uh, pick and one. I love Brandon Ayuk, actually. I might take him over Watson, but that's a pick your poison. Uh, pick pick two half PPR. DeAndre Swift, well, Josh, Plom- Josh Palmer, Isaiah McKenzie, which you can Oof. no longer pick, and Jarvis Landry. Oh, man, that's what's I mean, Palmer and Swift. Yeah, Palmer and Swift. Yeah. It would have been anyway. Hopefully you didn't play uh, McKenzie here. I mean, I think McKenzie's not having a horrible game. Um, he has a couple catches. Yeah. Okay, bear with me. I'm not, you know, I'm doing a podcast over here. I can't really pay attention to a snap count over here. Uh, okay, bear with me here, says Moe. Actually, he's leading the team in receiving yards and receptions, so maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> ah. Uh, my two wide receiver, two running backs, and flex. Okay. Oh, boy. So we need two wide receivers, two running backs, and flex. So let's start with the running backs. CMC, Derrick Henry, Rashad White. Seems seen Dark Henry. Okay, but uh, but now he's gonna yeah. get a flex. Yeah. Right now the wide receivers: AJ Brown, Tyree Kill, T. Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Josh Palmer. Is this a joke? What? Sip Palmer. Yes, but he's filling two, two, two in a flex. So he's got CMC, Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Tyree Kill. Jesus. For the best what team ever. AJ Brown, Tyree Kill, and Jamar Chase is in there too. You said T. Or Higgins, AJ Brown, T. Higgins, Garrett Wilson, Josh Palmer is really the or Rashad White. You can okay. So T. Higgins. It's in the right order already. Yeah, T. Higgins over yeah. Wilson, Wilson over Palmer, Palm well, Rashad White over Josh Palmer, but I agree. Well, yeah. White and Palmer are on the bench regardless. Yes. Exactly. And that's between T. Higgins and Garrett Wilson. And I yeah, I, I agree. I'm going Higgins. T. Higgins for sure. 
Put it on a T. Uh, Anuki Priest. Said, An- Ananuki Priest. Fire. Excuse me. Says, Juju Watson. Keenan. Oh, he's answering questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, Tim, you're just too. saying names. Bro. <laughs> I was like, what, what's, what's the question here? Uh, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence? Fields if he plays. Uh, Monty or Rashad White? Monty. It's tough. Say Monty. I mean, it looks like Leonard Front's going to be back. He practiced in full, so. All right, fellas. Matt, you had a hard out today, and we are clearing your hard out by over 20 minutes. I'm proud of us. Look at that. Yeah, me too. You know, so, you know, some people say some things can't be done, but we're here to prove it. <laughs> well, um, uh, who, what a saying. I'm, people say some things can be done. <laughs> unfortunately, though, for you, Matt. <laughs> Put it on your fucking wall. What a quote. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, though, for you, Matt, I do want to end the show by reading 25 minutes of the book Sapiens by Noah Yuval Harari. Um, so we're going to get into that. I'm intrigued. I wonder how many errors you're going to make while reading that out loud. Hey, I'm just like that. I'm, I'm actually a very good read aloud person because I do it literally every day of my life. Uh, fair enough. Um, all right. So with that being said, uh, Matthew, where could they find you? They can find me on all social media platforms at PsychWardFF. I don't know about all social media platforms. Some of these, Some of these are crazy these days. That's true. There, there's a few out there that I kind of found out about when uh, Twitter was about to go down or there were yeah. rumors that Twitter was going to go down. And I was like, what is this even? How are these platforms even alive? I don't want to yeah. I don't want to polarize any of our listeners, but I will not be going on a platform that's owned by a certain gentleman. That's for sure. Um, Truth. And that's and not Elon Musk, because I'm about to quit his, too. Bro, my Twitter timeline has been mad annoying lately, bro. It's just been a bunch of political bullshit on my on my timeline that I do not I Twitter is strictly for fantasy football for me. Strictly. I get all the rest of the stuff where I get it. Everything I need to know, I need to know. The the political bullshit needs to stop, Elon. Um with that being said, you can find me at temperature at Broto FF Tim on Twitter. <laughs> Michael, where did they find you? At Broto FF Mike. At Broto FF Jason at Broto FF Casanova. Um, what else? At Brodo Fantasy, at F, at FF by Brodo. At FF by Brodo. There you go. Um, for any of your Brodo uh, app needs, that please download the app for us. Uh, do me, do me a favor, Matt. Let me ask you a question, man. You celebrate Christmas? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Uh, let me ask you a question. Christmas doesn't really have a signature dish. If you were going to right now create the signature Christmas, like. Like the signature Matt Ward Christmas spectacular, like dinner, what would it consist of? Ah, uh, roasted duck stuffed with chorizo. Roasted duck stuffed with chorizo. This is why. This is why, Matt. This is why. This is why I got all this love for you in my heart, Matt. This is why. One day, one day, Matt's gonna make to stuff. Stuffed duck with chorizo, and I'm gonna be there. It's gonna be the best day of my Facts. life. 